Welcome to Genesis Life Center. Our vision statement is every destiny has a beginning. We are a ministry called to encourage and inspire the body of Christ to use their gifts and talents to do work of the ministry wherever they are called to. Our mission is to provide individuals with the tools to become agents of change and messengers of God. Our motto is you are not an accident waiting to happen, but a destiny being fulfilled. Our pastors are Ben and Dee Adekubi. We are here in person and online. Just look up Genesis Life Center and join in every Sunday at 11 a.m. Mountain Time. Well, we're going to go into the Word of God. I'm just going to pray quickly. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we go into your word, we ask for revelation. We ask for illumination. We ask, oh God, for your blessing today. It is my faith today that somebody today will be healed. Somebody today will be challenged. Somebody today will have a new lease of life. Above all, I ask that your name be glorified and the enemy be Come on, at the name of the Lord Jesus, be glorified, and the enemy be. Praise the living Jesus. Let's open our Bibles to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4 from verse 35 to 41. Mark, the gospel according to Mark chapter 4 from verse 35 to 41. Thank you, Jesus. Glory be to God. I'm reading from the New American Standard Version. It says, On that day, when evening came, he said to them, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd, they took him along along with them in the boat, just as he was, and, and other boats were with him. And there arose a fierce gale of wind, and the waves were breaking over the boat so much that the boat was already filling up jesus himself was in the stern asleep on a cushion and they woke him and said to him teacher do you not care that we are perishing and he got up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea hush be still and when the wind died down and it became perfectly calm he said to them why are you afraid do you still have no faith they became very much afraid and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Ladies and gentlemen, in the next few moments, I'm just going to be speaking on what I entitled The Other Side. Glory be to God. The Other Side. Over the past uh, three days uh, this week, we've been uh, in prayer and fasting and as Pastor D has been intimating us and, and been leading us uh, and, and admonishing us, uh, the, the, we need to have a reawakening. Glory be to God. We need to have a, a reawakening, a reset, not only in our mindset, uh, not only in uh, the way we think, but we need to reawaken our spirit. Glory be to God. We need to understand one thing. Uh, we need to understand one thing that we are a spirit living in a body that has a mind we are a spirit 
living in a body that has a mind you need to understand this jesus had an encounter with the woman at the well and jesus said that those whom will worship god must worship him in spirit and in truth because god is a spirit glory be to god and we need to understand that we were made in the image and likeness of him so we are fundamentally a spirit glory be to god and so the thing that needs to be reawakened is our spirit. But I digress. You know, over, there must be a reason why there has to be a reawakening. Every time Israel got into issues, they can only uh, uh, trace it down to them being spiritually dead, walking away from God. And then they will cry unto the Lord and the Lord will hear their cry and draw them and then deliver them. But the onus is on us to worship in spirit and in truth. So we find ourselves in this scripture today. The Bible says in the evening. Now to understand this, the, the, the context of the story, we need to read from the beginning of the chapter. Jesus began to teach from morning. Glory be to God. But one of the messages that really sticks out to me is the, because he spoke in parables throughout. And one of the messages that really stuck out, that really stuck out to me in the series of parables that, he's, uh, that he, uh, uh, that he uh, spoke on was the parable of the sower. We're coming to that in a moment. But we find ourselves in this scripture here. We find ourselves that Jesus said, let us go to the other side. And I want to say to somebody, on the other side of your pain is a glory. On the other side of what you're believing God for, on the other side of, of, of the toil and the labor that you've been doing, is God, is, is God bringing his glory. And I want you to understand that everything we go through is not because God does not like you. It's because God wants to get some glory. You see, you need to understand something that God, the only Bible says that men may see your good works and glorify my father in heaven. Uh, you got to understand that even in the storm, the, God's name has been glorified. We find out in the book of Jonah, as we've been learning, that Jonah ended up in the belly of a, of a whale. Glory be to God. He ended up in the belly of a whale, but God still had the glory. Glory be to God. In the sense that while he was in the belly of the fish, everybody thought it was over for Jonah. Glory be to God. But Jonah came out, came out of the belly of the well and ended up being an instrument of revival, glory be to God, to a whole nation. And I want you to understand this, no matter what you're going through, God is going to get a glory out of it, glory be to God. That men will see your good works and glorify his Father in heaven. So they find themselves on a boat. Now I need us to understand something. Jesus says, let's go to the other side. They're in the boat, so they've gone a long distance away, and then all of a sudden there comes a storm. The storm becomes so great that the water begins to go in the inside of the boat. How many of you know when the water begins to get inside of the boat, that's the beginning of the drowning, glory be to God. And then they, and, and, but they found out that Jesus was sleeping, glory be to God. Jesus was sleeping while there was a, a, a storm going on. And they cried out unto Jesus and they accused him and said, don't you care that we are perishing? Why do you think they said that doesn't, doesn't Jesus care while, uh, while they're perishing? 
because he was asleep and there are times in our lives glory be to god where it seems like god is asleep but i want to announce to somebody today the presence of evil does not mean the absence of god the presence of evil does not mean the absence of god people come to me every time says if there is a god why is this happening why is that happening i want to announce to you the presence of evil does not say does not mean the absence of god you know in the beginning in creation you'll find that you 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 find in creation the bible says the earth was formless there was no shape to it ah it was empty it was void I, there's no direction to it it looked like a lost cause glory be to god but the bible says and god said let there be he spoke a word ladies and gentlemen my first point i want to make to us today when you between god promising you something and the fulfillment of a promise you're going to go through a storm that storm may come in the form of rejection that storm may come in the form of betrayal that storm may come in the, in any kind of form glory be to god but let me tell you something you need to understand with a promise there will always be a storm and the, the essence of the word today is what do you do while you're in the storm what are you going to do while you're in the storm the first thing you got to establish is this that he's a very present help in time of trouble he has not gone away jesus was in the boat you see jesus being in the boat did not stop the storm from coming is anybody listening to me today jesus being in the boat did not stop the storm from coming people used to say to me i hear people say oh i give my tithes i do this i do that i pray every day i fast every day why am i going through the storm we're gonna see in a moment but the first thing you've got to understand is that Jesus is always with us. The Bible says he is a very present help in time of trouble. The Bible tells us he that keepeth Israel neither sleeps nor slumber. Glory be to God. The Bible, te the Bible tells us that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers us from them all. Glory be to God. And the question you may, I've often asked myself that question, why are there many afflictions? Why, God, why can't God stop the afflictions from coming? Jesus is always with us. He said in even his last words in Matthew chapter 28, he says, behold, or in the King James Version, he says, lo, I am with you always. In other words, take note. Why do you need to take note? Because when the storm comes, he says, take note, I am with you always. In Psalms 138, I think it's in either verse 5 or so, David was, was preaching. He says, if, if, if I rise up to, to the heavens, you're there. Even though I make my bed in Sheol or in Hades or in hell, you're still there with me. Why? Because he's a very present help in time of trouble glory be to god so you need to understand this the first thing we need to understand while we're going through the storm the storm does not stop god's promise he says he said he says every word that i speak he says it will not return to me void without it accomplishing so the reason we go through a storm we need to say is because there's a word over your life see jesus spoke to the disciples he says let us go to the other side 
Glory be to God. He says, let us go to the other side. They were going to our other side, but he told them to go to our other side after listening to the word of God. He says so many parables. And the one that really sticks out to me the most was the parable of the sower. He says, a word, he says, he says a certain man sowed seed in the land. Do you remember that story? A certain man sowed certain seed in the land. He says, some fell by the wayside. Why did it fall by the He says, when it fell by the wayside, he says, uh, because it, when it fell by the wayside, because there was not much root in it. He said, oh no, he says that the birds of the air came around and stole the word, stole, stole the seed. Then he says, some fell on, on stony ground because there was not much root in it. Glory be to God. When it grew up because of the weather, it died down. And then he says, some, uh, he says, some fell uh, uh, the first one was that it, it fell on, uh, on, the, on the wayside. The other one, it fell on stony ground. And then he said that another one fell among th uh, uh, thorns. Glory be to God. He says that, and the thorns choked out the word, uh, the seed. Glory be to God. Now, why was Jesus saying all those things? Ladies and gentlemen, he says the seed was the word of God. And then he said that the soil was the heart of man the greatest miracle that can ever happen in man's life is the miracle that happens in your heart jesus said in proverbs 4 verse 23 says this he says guard your heart with all diligence for out of it comes the issues of life but the reason why there was going to be uh, the, the the reason why you need to, the greatest miracle will happen in your heart is for you to understand that when the storm comes the first thing that is affected is your heart and whatever is in your heart becomes the lens through which you view the world becomes the lens through which you view your future glory be to god You'll find that somebody who's faced rejection, uh, you'll find that somebody who's faced rejection, they view everything through the lens of that rejection. Somebody who's been through betrayal, they view everything through the lens of betrayal. Does it mean they're not, they're, they're not happy all the time? They're happy, but when something happens, it reminds them of it, and that will become their default. And so Jesus, when he was going to explain the parable to them, when he was going to explain the parable to his disciples. By the way, he only explained the parable to the disciples. He didn't explain it to the crowd. And when he says go to the other side, he only went with the disciples. However, there were some people who decided to follow. So they were part of the storm. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to understand this. After fasting and praying for three days, you are expecting the promise. I want you to understand that there will always be a storm. But you need to understand that the storm was only there for you to exercise your faith. Glory be to God. The storm is only there for you to exercise your faith. And you can only exercise your faith based on the word that you receive from God. And so he says this in the scripture. He says this. When he was explaining it to them, he said to them, I'm explaining these things because of the, in a, in a nutshell, what he's saying is that I'm explaining these things to you 
because of the word that you have received over your life. And that's the first thing you've got to hold on to. So while you're in the storm, number one, the first thing you've got to understand is that, do you really believe that Jesus is with you? Or is it just head knowledge? And we can see Jesus is in the stern. He's, he's falling asleep. He's asleep. He's there. But because they saw the storm, something was wrong in their heart. Fear came into their heart. But Jesus already preached the word to them. He's already preached the word that certain things will happen that will steal the word of God from you. For example, the very first one was, it fell by the wayside. The parable of the sower. If the word fell by the wayside. And it says, the birds of the air came and stole it. Now, when you're going through a storm, the first thing that happens is that you forget the word of God that has been spoken over your life. You forget the word that has been spoken over your life. And we see that with Jesus Christ. A word was spoken over Jesus' life in his baptism. A word was spoken, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. The Bible says then he was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted, glory be to God, was to be tempted by the enemy. And you'll find that when the enemy began to tempt him, how did he tempt him? He tempted him based on a situation. The Bible says after he has fasted for 40 days, the Bible says he was hungry. And what did the enemy say to him? If you are the son of God, the very word that was proclaimed over his life was now questioned. He says, if you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. The enemy took advantage of the fact that he was hungry. And you would have said to yourself, well, he has fasted. Didn't God know that Jesus uh, would be hungry after fasting? It's questioning the word. And I'm going to say to somebody today, for you to get to the other side of what God has for you, you need to remember the word of God in your heart. The enemy comes but to kill, to steal and do what? Once he destroys that seed and stops that seed from growing, you can't fulfill the destiny that God has for you. And you need to understand something about the destiny. It's not about you. It's about the generations to come. It's about the lives that you're going to touch. No matter where you find yourself. That's why we believe here that you're not an accident waiting to happen. But a destiny being fulfilled. It says if you are the son of God. Let's even back up a little bit. You see, you've got to understand that the enemy has no new tricks. He always gets you to question the word of God on the inside of you. He always gets you to question the word of God on the inside of you. Look at uh, Adam and Eve. He said to Adam and Eve, of every tree you can eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, don't touch. What did the enemy say to him? He says, oh, no, 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 the, the, no you, you can eat. The day you eat of that tree, you will be like God. The very thing that God called them, the very word over them, he got them to question it. He says, it says uh, if you eat of that tree, you will not die. He says, the reason 
that God doesn't want you to touch that tree. Once you touch it, you become like God. But we all know that when God created Adam and Eve, they were created in the image and likeness of God. And there's a Psalms that says, you are gods and all children of the Most High. Glory be to God. So he's getting him to question who you are and what the, who God says you are and what destiny he has for you. So you need to remember the word of God. Glory be to God. That's why you need to stir up the spirit of God on the inside of you. The words that I speak, they are spirits and they are life. Glory be to God. So while they're going through that storm, they began to question because fear comes in. Glory be to God. Began to question that, well, maybe, maybe I didn't hear God right. I want to say to somebody today, whatever you heard, you heard God right. Glory be to God. You heard God right. The enemy wants you, he uses the circumstances to question the word of God over your life. And you say, what is the word of God over my life? I don't really know it. Did you have a desire? Glory be to God. The Bible says it is God who wills of you to desire and do of his good pleasure. Glory be to God. So you need to understand if you have a desire, as long as it is pure, because the Bible tells us in Philippians 4 verse 8, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. So if you have a desire that is like that, glory be to God, that means you've heard God. And so you don't need to start second guessing yourself. And so when he gave the parable of the, of, of the sower, there was one thing he wanted you to understand. See, when he was explaining it to them, in, in Luke chapter 4, in my version, it says accept. But when you go into Matthew, I think it's in Matthew chapter 13, he says, when you hear the word and understand it. See, you need to understand the word spoken over your life. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 3 and 4. It says, by wisdom a house is built. By understanding it is established. Glory be to God. See, when you understand the word, the Bible says in Proverbs 4, verse 7, wisdom is the principal thing. In all you're getting, get an understanding. You need to understand what the word of God is. He says, in, 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 when he was interpreting the parable of the sower, he says, uh, when it fell by the wayside, he says, and the birds took it, he says, Satan stole the word from them because they did not understand it. If Adam and Eve understood that they were made in the image and likeness of God, they will not take a suggestion from the enemy. You see, here's the difference. Jesus understood that the word of God is yes and amen. So when he was told, uh, if you are the son of God, when he was told to doubt who God says he was because he was hungry, he says, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. What he was trying to say that God is not man, that he should lie. Neither the son of man, that he should repent. If he said it, it doesn't matter if I'm hungry, that word will always be fulfilled. Glory be to God. So, they found themselves in there. And then they began to, they were worried. They were worried. Uh, and there's one thing I want us to understand about the word of God. You see, there's a difference between saying, the Lord is a shield for me. And the Lord is my shield. 
I want us to understand the concept of understanding the word spoken over you. There is a difference between the world is a shield over me, is a shield for me, and, uh, and the world is my, the Lord is my shield. See, if the Lord is a shield for you, it means that when the storm comes, when something is about to touch you, not a hair on your head will be touched. It means that uh, when, if the Lord is a shield for you, when evil is about to come, the Lord comes in and blocks it from, uh, blocks any harm from coming your way. Glory be to God. But when you say God is my shield, glory be to God, in the midst of the storm, you're still raising your head. When you say God is my shield, you have the courage to believe even in the midst of the storm. You see, when you say, so that's the understanding of, it starts by understanding who God is. Then you can understand what the word of God is. So there's a difference between saying God is a shield for me. Because when you say God is a shield for me, you, are, you have that kind of mentality as that he's like my big brother who will show up. I remember years ago when I was a kid, I had a cousin who was a big guy and I used to mess up and, and bully anybody because I had a big cousin. Until one day the cousin traveled. Glory be to God. And I, but nobody relayed that information to me. And I was misbehaving until, and I says, oh, what are you going to do to me? And, I, and the guy says, oh, your cousin has moved to another city. You know that, right? You can see how my confidence went from very high to very, very high in reverse. Glory be to God. There is a difference between saying God is a shield for me. Than, and, and saying God is actually my shield. When God is your shield, courage begins to show up. Glory be to God. You lift up your head in the raging storm and be a partaker of happiness. Even when there's nothing to be happy about. Glory be to God. Because that's where it means that the joy of the Lord is your strength. Glory be to God. It's what it meant in James where he says, count it all joy. When you enter into so many trials and tribulations, glory be to God. How can you count it all joy? You can count it all joy because you know your Lord is, a shield, is your shield. Glory be to God. It gives you the courage to keep moving forward. You need to understand that the storm was only there to stop them from getting to the other side. And a storm is only there to stop you from getting to where God wants you to be. Or where God needs you to be. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Let's look at another, uh, uh, another analogy here. You know, there's a difference between saying, God gives me peace. And God is my peace. When you say God gives me peace, when you're going through a storm, the storm is kept quiet. Glory be to God. The storm is not able to affect you. The storm is extinguished. But when God is your peace, I need you to help me get 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 9. When God is your peace, it means you're persecuted, you're not abandoned. You're perplexed, but you're not shaken. Glory be to God. So can you get me 2 Corinthians? It says, uh, go from verse 8. 
Go from verse 8. We are afflicted in every way but not crushed. Perplexed but not despairing. In other words, perplexed, not despairing, meaning perplexed but not losing hope. You know, the same David said, I would have despaired. I would have given up. I would have lost hope if I had not believed I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. There's a difference between, you see, when you say God is, uh, God gives me peace. It means that the storm is calmed. The storm is quiet. But when you say God is my peace, it is in spite of the storm. Glory be to God. In spite of the storm, you, 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 the best way to explain it is in that first, second Corinthians chapter 4 verse 8 and 9 says, We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not despairing. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Glory be to God. That's the difference because you have a, you're not destroyed because the peace has not left you. You still have hope. It looks like everything has, you've lost everything. This is why the Bible talks about the patience of Job. Job went through everything, but he still did not deny who God was. Because he understood that, that, that truth that I said earlier on. The presence of evil does not mean the absence of God. When people say, oh, oh if, if there is a God, why is this happening? Why, 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 why am I going through And you may have asked yourself that question. Why am I going through this? It doesn't mean that God is not there. Thank you, Jesus. How many have been blessed so far? There's another difference between God strengthens me. Uh, the, the Lord, the God strengthens me and the Lord is my strength. You see, when you say God strengthens you, you experience within you a divine power which is able to accomplish a task. You experience within you a divine power that allows you to accomplish a task. But when you say the Lord is my strength, when you look at yourself and you, all you can see is just weakness. When you look at yourself, all you can see is just frailty. Nothing to write hope about. But when you say the Lord is my strength, that in spite of that weakness, in spite of that fear, in spite of the fear of the unknown, you still advance forward. Glory be to God. Then you can say, the Lord is my strength. Because then you abandon yourself and you hold on to God. You become like Jacob who stopped wrestling with God and started holding on to God. And that's why when you're in the storm, understanding the word of God is very, very important. You can quote scripture all you want, but if you do not have an understanding of the scripture, it does nothing for you. And so the disciples have listened to teaching from morning until evening. And it was time for them to practice what they have heard. Glory be to God. Guess what happens to them? They start blaming. One of the worst things you can do when you're going through a storm is to begin to blame. 
you start looking for us everybody likes to look for a scapegoat today as we're going through the pandemic and going through uh, everything you'll find that this one will blame that doctor that one will blame that politician and blame 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 it's not the first time it happened when adam and eve fell into sin who did they blame adam blamed the serpent the serpent oh i mean uh, uh adam blamed eve eve blamed the serpent and it was just going round and round in circles glory be to god you just take responsibility understanding the word of god do you understand the word spoken on you the bible says stir up the gift of god on the inside of you you stir up the god by holding on to the word of god you need to understand that when he says i am with you always he literally means that when he says i am with you always it literally means that i am with you always means always i'm with you always glory be to god they are screaming their head off they're screaming their head off and asking jesus don't you care that we perish don't you care don't you care that we perish why is god so silent i don't know if you're like me maybe when you want something to happen and you feel like God is silent. Like I'm not hearing anything from God. Glory be to God. I'm not hearing anything from him. I'm, I'm not hearing anything from God. You need to understand that there's always going to be a storm. Between the fulfillment of the, between the promise and the fulfillment of the promise, there's always going to be a storm. So the onus is upon you and I not to forget the promise. Hold on to the promise. And that promise increases the faith. You know, when they asked Jesus Christ, they woke Jesus Christ up and they said to him, uh, listen, uh, you know, don't you care that we perish? And you know what Jesus did? He didn't deal with them. He dealt with the storm. He spoke to the son, but then he said something. Why are you afraid? Have you no faith? Because he believed that the faith had to come from all the teachings that they had all day that day. If you read the Acts, um, Mark chapter 4, from the beginning, it was one parable after another parable. And in the evening, he says, okay, let's go to the other side. So now they're going on to the journey to the other side. And, you know, they totally forgot everything. It kind of reminds me of the Israelites. They were delivered from Egypt. You know the main problem that the Israelites had while a whole generation did not re reach their promised land? is because they forgot the word spoken to them. That you are chosen. You're not the greatest of all nations. You're not the most qualified of all nations. As a matter of fact, you're the smallest of all nations. But I chose you because I just want to prove a point. That in you, I'm going to bless the whole world. I want to say to somebody today, there's a word. You may not, you, you're not the most qualified for what God has called you to do. You may not, you, maybe you're on the wrong side of the tracks. But he chose you regardless. I've said this, I've said this often and often again. God is like an adamant shopper. You know, every time you go to shop, I don't know about you, every time you go to a shop to buy something, you end up buying, you don't end up buying what you want, want to buy in the first place. Because some shop assistant comes to you and says, this one is better. 
This one can do this, it can do that, it can do this. But just imagine God like you going to shopping. You know, especially when you want to go and buy a phone, uh, they will tell you this phone is not good enough. You can buy this phone, can do this. The camera is that, the this is that, the this is that. And all I want to do is just use the phone. And most of you, when you buy the phone, half of the, half of the apps that are in there, you don't even know how to use it. Unless you're younger than me. I mean, the younger generation, they, they can do anything with it. Glory be to God. I mean, you give... Uh, one of these young fellas, your phone, they will tell you what, any shortcut to get there. I'm sure it will take this entity 10 years to get there. Glory be to God. I'm with you. Glory be to God. Understanding the word. You need to understand the word of God. The word spoken. When you, if you understand the word spoken on your heart, nobody can convince you otherwise. Somebody else's behavior towards you cannot convince you otherwise who God made you to be. Glory be to God. They cried. That, 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 and there are different kind of storms that goes in, in our hearts. There are different kind of storms. First, there's a circumstantial storm that the physical storm, you know, raging. But there's also the mental storm. And that's one of the biggest battles that you face. The mental storm. You know that when Jesus was arrested, you know, they were slapping him and doing all kinds of stuff. It didn't change who Jesus was. You know, they provoked him, provoked him and provoked him. If I was Jesus and I know I'm the son of God and I'm trying to save these uh, so-and-sos who are slapping me. I would, just, I would just say, God, just give me one second. Let me just teach them one lesson. Let me just slap back just once so that they can know I'm God. But he still kept his cool because he kept his eye on the mission. The problem with us today is that we don't keep our eye on the mission. And the only thing that keeps our eye on the mission is the word. Every time you're questioning yourself, all you have to do is go back to the word of God. He says... Have you no faith? The faith comes by hearing and continuous hearing of the word of God. Continuous hearing of the word of God. There's a reason why you read a scripture today, you get one revelation, and tomorrow you get a different revelation. It's because that's what it means. Continuous hearing of the word of God builds faith. Because the knowledge and the revelation that you get helps you to overcome the storm. Thank you, Jesus. And so, what do you do when you're in the storm? Number one, remember that Jesus is always with you. Number two, remember the word spoken over you. Number three, you cry unto your God. Glory be to God. They got to a point where they cried unto, God, unto Jesus. Like, don't you care? What does the Bible say? He says, if my people who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, will turn from their wicked ways. You know what prayer is? I mean, if God knows everything, why does he ask us to pray? If he knows what we need, why does he ask us to pray? Can I tell you why he asks us to pray? Because in prayer, you are saying that he is Lord over you. You are saying he is Lord over you. You are saying, I can't do this. You are my ability. You are my strength. You are my peace. 
you are my surf, but I like, that will help me surf over the waves. It shows humility. And what does the Bible says? He gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. So when you're prayerless, you're just unconsciously acting in pride. The other thing about prayer, you know that what the Bible says, the effective prayer of the righteous makes tremendous power available. That's why I was so happy about when Pastor D led us to go into uh, prayer and fasting. And if I were you, well, at least for me, I know I took it serious. Glory be to God. And that's where you get a word from God. That's where you are reawakened. I hope some people were praying that their prayer life be revived. I hope some people are not just praying that I had a breakthrough. I hope some people are not just praying that the enemies were killed. I hope, you see, because the real problem is not the enemy. We are, we are overcomers. We are overcomers. The real problem is us. Everybody wants to change their circumstances, but they don't want to change themselves. Everybody wants to change their circumstances, but they're unwilling to change themselves. And what Jesus was trying to say to these people was that having taught you the word, there needs to be a change in you. There goes the next point. For you to overcome or to have peace during the storm, you need to change. And that change comes by a renewal of your mind. Glory be to God. Because one of the storms we face, apart from the physical storm, we face the mental storm. And I don't know about you, but if you are one of those disciples, how comes there's a storm while Jesus is in the boat? Have you ever asked that question? How comes there's a storm while Jesus is in the boat? How come I'm going through this since I am the apple of God's eye? How comes I'm going through this, uh, this negative, this betrayal, this depression, this oppre oppression? When he is, when I'm called a child of God. How come I'm going through it? Have you ever asked that question? Because in the storm is where you discover who you really are. The real you comes out. Peter said in Acts of the Apostles, you, 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 can t you can learn, you can tell, you know. Peter, before Acts of the Apostles, you would have thought Peter would have learned his lesson. He denied Christ and finally got restored. Then all of a sudden, Peter is saying, I'd never eat anything unclean. Because he still hasn't changed in who he was. He went from one extreme to the other. But before then, he said, I'll never deny Jesus. And he denied Jesus three times. But he still had that. So a storm comes to teach us who we really are so it could be addressed. And you could come before God and just say to him, Lord, this is who I am. Help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. What are you doing while you're in the storm? What are you doing while you're in the storm? Cry unto your God. 
cry unto him. You know, when Jonah was in the boat and there was a storm, what did they suggest? Everybody cry to your God. Jonah, you too cry to your God. Jonah, you too cry to your God. All you have to do is cry unto your God. What did David say? He says, hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. You just need to call upon him. He's a very present help in time of trouble. Glory be to God. The effective, fervent prayer of the righteous makes tremendous power available. See, I believe Jesus was just sleeping until the people called upon him. Until the people, until the disciples called upon him. He was just sleeping. That's why, don't let anybody tell you, you don't need to pray. Yes, you do need to pray. Thank you, Jesus. So we see here, he was in the boat with them. And then when they wake him up, he just calms the storm right away. But here's the thing. They began to ask, what manner of man is this guy that even the sea and the wind obeys his voice? You see, a storm comes so that you can know who he really is. I mean, these same people, they saw him feed the 5,000. They saw the blind see. He healed the blind. He healed the lame. They were walking. Then all of a sudden, they find themselves in a storm. They don't even know. Fear gets in the way. Fear gets in the way. And then they realize, oh, they, uh, there's more. You see, what the storm does, does to you, he, he creates something in you to thirst and hunger for him, to know him more. He says, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail. There'll be no prevailing if there's no attack. But when did Jesus say that? He asked the question, who do men say I am? And everybody was answering the questions. Some say you're Jeremiah. Some say you're a prophet. Some say you're this. You see, people, are, we are always saying what somebody else said. What has God said to you about who he is? And Peter said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Uh, Jesus said to Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. But my father in heaven. He says, uh, says, you are Peter. It was uh, uh, playing a pun on the word uh, Petros, which means rock. He says, upon this rock, I will build my church. He wasn't saying, I'm going to build it on Peter. He says, on the revelation knowledge of who I am, will I build my church. Uh, you will overcome the storm. You will fulfill destiny based on the revelation knowledge of who Jesus is. Not what somebody else told you. Not what your mom told you. Not what Pastor Ben told you. What God spoke to you. And it's not something that you make up. You only hear that by spending time in fellowship with him. I believe Peter was more like uh, Mary. You remember the story of Mary and Martha where Martha was consumed about the works and, you know, admin and all of that. While Mary stood at the feet of Jesus. And Jesus says, Mary actually held on to what's more important 
Glory be to God. I heard an analogy by Dr. Tony Evans. And uh, I think it's one of the most powerful things. Uh, but Dr. Tony Evans said this, um, you know, his ministry, they, uh, they run a cruise. You know, a ministry cruise for their partners. And they go to Alaska. And uh, while they were on one of these cruises, uh, as they were coming back, there was uh, a great storm that all the partners were very fearful of the storm. They were very fearful of what was going on. And, and so Dr. Tony Evans' wife then decided to call the captain of the ship because they discovered that there's also another way they can go that can get them to avoid the storm. But they chose to go through this way, which was a storm. And so his wife was really, really upset that this doesn't make our ministry look good. It looks as though we're put, putting people in harm's way. We're putting people in harm's way. So she was talking to the, to the uh, to, she requested to speak to the captain of the ship. But they replied her and said that, uh, you know what, the captain is trying to weather the storm. He'll call you back. Anyway, time went by and he called back. And one of the reasons they went through that storm is, you know, cruise ships, they're there to make money. So they wanted to make as many trips. And the way through the storm probably was one of the quicker ways. So that they could just drop these people and get the next set of people. And so by the time the captain called back and said to them, uh, uh, said to the lady, uh, uh, spoke to Dr. Tony Evans' wife, who has since passed away, uh, passed away. And she was upset, saying, why are you doing this? Why you, there was a better way you could have taken. Why are you going through the storm? And this, that, and the other. And the captain said something to her. He says, listen, before the ship was built, they took into consideration that they're going to go through that storm. So inside the ship, the ship has been made particularly to weather any storm. So just keep calm. You don't need to worry. The ship was built already knowing that they're going to face this storm. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to understand you were built, no, you were built ready for that storm. When God made you, he made you and he had the storm in mind. Whatever storm you're going through right now, before the foundations of the world, God already knew what you can, with, what you can, what you can uh, uh, endure. Glory be to God. So I need you to understand this right now. We have done our prayer and our fasting. We have prayed and we have believed God. Glory be to God. We have believed God for greater things. But maybe sometimes there may be a delay. That's a storm. Maybe sometimes what you tried to work on didn't work out. That's still a storm. But I need you to understand this. That God had the storm in mind when he formed you. God had the storm in mind when he formed you. You need to understand this. When Jeremiah 1 verse 5 says, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. 
you need to understand there's something on the inside of you that God has put in there that had the storm in mind. Glory be to God. That's why you're still standing today. That's why you're still standing today. Glory be to God. So I want to encourage you to know this, that God had that storm in mind when you were made. Glory be to God. And he gave you the power to overcome. You know, one of my favorite words is the word power in the Bible. Or where the, the word strength. Because that word power is the ability to overcome obstacles. That word power also means the ability to finish that which has started. That word power gives you endurance. And if I were you, as you're believing God for what's next, as you're waiting on God, that will be a good time to give God some praise. Glory be to God. While you're feeling depressed, even though you don't feel like singing, you just you begin to say, on Christ the solid rock I stand. All other grounds is sinking sand. When the, when, when, the, when the storm is raging, glory be to God, you need to understand that your foundation is on Christ. It is the rock cannot be shaken. Every other thing can be shaken around you, but you will not be shaken because you are the Lord's battle axe. And God wants to prove a point with your life. Am I speaking to somebody today? So while you're in the storm, remember, I want to drum this down into our hearts. Remember that he will neither leave you nor forsake you. Remember that he that keepeth Israel neither sleeps nor slumber. He says in Isaiah 62, he says, for Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. Glory be to God. He's always there. He's a very present help in time of trouble. Even though when you don't hear him, when he looks like he's silent, when he looks like nothing is happening, he is still there. You need to understand that the, the word he has spoken over you will not return to him void. You need to hold on to the promise. Don't hold on to the problem. You know, I love this song. It never used to make any sense to me when I was a believer, when I was a young believer. But now, I understand it says, hold to his hands. God's unchanging hands. Hold to his hands. God's unchanging hands. Build your hope on things eternal. Hold to his hands. God's unchanging hands. You know, just hold on to him. You see, everything we see here is temporal, including your storm. A storm cannot be there forever. A storm will rise and will always come down. But you need to know that you are eternal. Because your origin, your origin is from heaven. Glory be to God. He says, hold to his hands. I'm not sure... If Ramona might be able to help me, but he says, hold to his hands, God's unchanging hands. I'm going to hold to his hands, God's unchanging hands. Build your hope on things eternal. I'm going to hold to God's unchanging hands. Hold to his hand, 
goes on changing hands I'm going to hold to his hand Goes on changing hands Build your hopes on things eternal I gotta hold to God's on changing hands Hold to his hands Hold to his hands God's unchanging hands Hold to his hands God's unchanging hands Build your hopes on things eternal I gotta hold to God's unchanging hands Hold to his hands Hold to his hands God's unchanging hands somebody watching online right now thank you Jesus maybe there's somebody under the sound of my voice right now you're going through a storm I want you to know that God still has a plan for you everybody else may everybody else may have given up on you but he still hasn't given up on you everybody else may have rejected you but he still hasn't rejected you because he knew what he put on the inside of you and his word over you will not return to him void but before that could actually happen you need to come to the root of it all you need to know that Jesus died for you you need to know that Jesus believed in you so much that he died for you even when you rejected him, he still went ahead and died for you. Even when you didn't want to know him, he still went ahead and, and died for you. I need you to understand this. Somebody under the sound of my voice right now. You need to have an encounter with Jesus. You need to know him as your Lord and Savior. I was saying earlier on, there's a difference between knowing God is a shield for me I know that God is actually my shield there's a difference between knowing God gives me peace and knowing that God is actually your peace there's a difference between knowing God strengthens my God strengthens me and knowing that God is my strength for those of us watching online right now I want to introduce you to a life where there's peace even within the storm even when you're not when you're in the storm and when you're out the storm there's a peace that you can find and that peace originates from Jesus Christ he's the author of peace you see he died for you so that you can have that peace he died
died for you to put a value on you. He died for you to make all the pain that you've been through to be nothing. I want to encourage somebody right now to give your life to Jesus. Give your life to Jesus. You've tried it your own way. How about trying it, trying it his way? Well, if you want to make a decision for Christ right now, just repeat this prayer after me. Just say, Lord Jesus, I realize I am a sinner and I need a Savior. I believe you died on the cross and rose up the third day that my sins may be forgiven. Lord Jesus, I accept that sacrifice that you made on the cross. I invite you now Come into my life. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and my Master. Thank you, Father, for forgiving me of all my sins. Thank you, Father, for giving me a new lease of life. Thank you, Lord, that all things have passed away. I am a new creature. In Jesus' name. Well, if you said that prayer, you are a child of God. Now you have a tag team partner in life with you. His name is Jesus. He will be in the boat with you. Even when the storm is raging. He will be in the highs. He will be in the lows. He will never forsake you. Well, to help you grow in this newfound faith. We are a family called Genesis Life Center. We want to encourage you to be a part of us. Or find a good Bible-believing church where you can grow in faith. Don't listen to what the enemy says that you can do this by yourself. No, you can't. You need to be in the company of brothers and sisters who have, the, who have made the same commitment that you have. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to pray for somebody right now who's going through a storm. Father, I ask right now in the name of Jesus, make the crooked way straight for that person. Make the crooked way straight, oh God. Reveal to that person right now that you're in the storm with them. Reveal to that person that you're in the storm with them right now. Thank you, Father. I sense in my spirit that a turnaround is coming for somebody. I sense in my spirit that a turnaround is coming for somebody. You know what the Lord spoke to me regarding the three days? Obviously, Pastor Diaz told us, and I, I totally agree with it. It's a reset. But the greatest reset that I believe the Lord is doing in us is a reset in our spirit a reset in our spirit and what I feel the Lord is saying to us right now is to make God your priority make him your priority I know I haven't said oh cars are coming this is coming but let me tell you I this is uh, the whole three days that's what God was telling me 
I was reading the scripture where they were bringing down all the high, high places. And I hear the Lord say, in your heart, bring down the high places. Bring down the high places. And, the Lord, and I asked the Lord, what do you mean by the high places? So the things that, that are more important than, than me, bring it down. For some people, it's a career. Some people have made an idol out of career. Some people have made an idol out of children. Some people have made an idol out of marriage, made an idol out of a hobby, for example. I hear the Lord say, bring down the high places. And every time the high places are brought down in the Old Testament, you see that there's a great revival. May the Lord watch over his word to perform it. Thank you for joining our online church. To connect with us, please go to our website, genesislifecenter.com. Please follow us on social media. On Facebook, you can find us under Genesis Life Center. On YouTube, you can find us under Genesis Life Center 01. On Instagram, Genesis Life Center. And on Twitter, Genesis Life Sent. Thank you.